you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, happy 2020. Everybody says that uh, I have perfect vision for the new year, right? You've heard that all before, right? 2020. Well, so here's the reality. Um, I think probably most everybody has realized that New Year's resolutions don't work so well. So we've said, we've decided instead of making New Year's resolutions, we say we want to have some goals, with some life goals, right? It feels like, oh, we're not going to like break my New Year's resolution. How many people actually made a goal or a resolution? A goal. Okay. So how many people, also this is kind of a new thing out there, picked your one word. What's your one word for this year? Anybody do that? Yeah, that's kind of good too. Well, today I'm going to help us achieve your goals, and I'm going to make a suggestion to include some things to your goal list, if you wouldn't mind. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2 today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, What we're going to be doing for the next um, several weeks for this uh, little series is we're going to encourage you to be in God's Word. Remember last year uh, we said this, if you want to know the way, know the Word. That was in our series last, um, in 2019, our last series. And so we want to encourage that, and the way we're going to do is we're going to journal together, or we're at least going to go through the Bible reading plan together. Now, if you don't have a journal, today we're going to give you that gift on your way out. You can, they're normally $5. We're going to give that to you today. Um, Please don't just take it if you want a notebook. (laughs) I'll give you a different thing for a notebook. But if you really want a journal um, or uh, be in the Bible reading plan, you want to grab that. Um, So in the Bible reading this week, um, we're in Genesis. And so what I'm going to talk to you about is one of the goals for 2020 that I'm going to bring up was established actually in Genesis, uh, the very first accounts of the creation of the world. But before we get there, I want to talk about um, a a very interesting book. If you're into reading and you're like, hey, how do we help um, establish some goals that that we can accomplish? Uh, There's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Atomic Habits. Atomic is very small. And he says that you need to follow these four laws if you're going to be successful in your goals. So some of you have goals, so I'm going to give you those, I'm going to give you the uh, cliff notes, if you will, on that right now. So number one, you'll see it on the screen. The first law is you need to make it obvious. Make it obvious. The second one, make it attractive. Make it attractive. Number three, make it easy. I know some of you said, I want to lose 60 pounds in the month of January. (laughs) Are you... That might be a little challenging. Um, so make some goals a little bit easier for you. Okay. Um, make it satisfying. Make it satisfying. Okay. So these are four laws that, you, that if you execute, attach it to your goals, you're going to be more successful in that. So maybe some of you are saying, you know, I want to do prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. That is a great spiritual principle or a spiritual habit, if you will. Maybe you want to, yes, lose some extra pounds, exercise more, eat healthier, read the Bible more regularly, and and that is one of the things I'm going to talk about today. Remember he said, if you want to know the way, know the word. So let's apply this real quick to those four atomic habits. Here we go. Obvious. 
If you want to be in the Bible, why don't you set your Bible in a very obvious spot the night before? Maybe on top of your phone. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. Obvious. Number two, make it attractive. Okay, so find your favorite spot in your house, your favorite chair, wherever your favorite thing is, and sit there with your favorite drink. Now, some of you guys were thinking different, your favorite drink. I'm talking about like coffee or tea or something like that in the morning. All right, your favorite, just make it attractive. Like you're looking forward to it. For me, I love waking up in the morning because that smell of coffee, I get my mug, I get my favorite seat, and I crack open the Bible. I love that time. It's attractive to me. Easy. Okay, so easy. This part is, so I know some of you, because I've heard it for years ago. This year, I am going to read the whole Bible. Okay, that's, that's not bad, and maybe you're disciplined more than, than most of us, but that's a, that's, a, that's a big goal. That's a lot of reading every day. Why don't you just try to make it easy? Say, you know what? I'm going to read something until I, that something really interests me. And then I'm going to reflect on it. If you're not a big writer, not a big journaler, I love to journal. Um, and that's what our journal reading plan is. It gives you all the instructions how to do it on there. But just read until you find something that God is speaking to you about. And then reflect on that. Stop right there. And then it, you know at least every day that you're getting one little nugget of God speaking to you and not being so overwhelmed of getting to the task, I've got to get through these books and chapters and check off the list. The point of being in God's word is to allow him to speak to you. And so when you begin to just kind of read a little bite size and then it's like, oh, that's, that, God just spoke to me right there. So that's making it easy. And then making it satisfying, rest in it. Don't make it about a task. Because the task will start feeling the anxiety, the stress, I missed a day, whatever. Make it satisfying. So when you find that one little verse that becomes your nugget and then you're resting in it, you're reflecting on it, you're journaling on it, you're writing about it, and then you pause and say, God, speak to me. And then you have this little conversation with God. It is so satisfying, right? So these little atomic habits that you can make, here's just a practical one of I know everybody wants to be in God's word because you want to know the way to your life, right? You, if you want to know the way, know the word. Okay. So here's the other one based on Genesis chapter two, if you have your Bibles. So God, go, um, we have the account of God creating the earth and in Genesis chapter two, it says this. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day. He blessed it and made it holy because on it, God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. So here at the very beginning of the account of creation, we see that God worked six days and they took the seventh day off. He rested. How would you like it if somebody told you, let's say on Monday, somebody told you, today you get the day off. Would you like that? Right, so you actually have been told that, it just happens to not be necessarily, I mean, it can be your Monday, but 
you have been given a day off. You've actually been given permission to take a day off. Now, in our go-go culture, in our busy, fast-paced, in our uh, ways of uh, two-income families or single moms trying to make ends meet and just trying to, many people work multiple jobs to pay their bills. It's expensive to live in New England. I get the pressure to feel like I can't take a day off. Or maybe just to get all the projects done around the house, you work six days of the week, and so the seventh day, you got like, I got to get projects done. But God blessed the seventh day, the Sabbath. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about this other habit called the Sabbath. Not only should be in God's word, and when I say should be, it's really because it's a blessing to you, but here's another blessing for you. A blessing means it's for your benefit is to take that day. It's actually designed. We've been designed not to work seven days a week. It will actually be bad for your health. (laughs) So I'm going to give you some, some encouragement to this blessing that God has for you. To take the day off. Now, it doesn't have to be... In our culture, we, we have said the Sabbath is a Sunday. It's the, we call it the Lord's Day. It's a day that we try to keep designated for him. But in our culture, we don't have these blue light laws anymore. We don't have these things that would indicate that, um, that, our, that we would take this day off. Or Sunday's the day. But I would just say there needs to be a day that you remove yourself from the regular activity. So I'm going to just give you a few little guidelines. And then I'm going to go into the history of the Sabbath a little bit. So I'm, I'm giving you the quick um, a message on the front end. Then you can go to sleep if you're not interested in the rest of it. And then I'll wake you back up to put a dot on it if you're interested. But I'm going to get into some history in a moment. But, but this is a part, don't fall asleep yet. This is a wake time. It's not nap time. This is a wake time. So here we go. Here's a few general rules of thumb for, um, for the Sabbath. And again, using this atomic habits idea, I'm going to just say the first thing here. Number one, find delight. Let your day of rest be delightful. Can you say delight? Delight. delight. There's a great psalm. Psalm 37 says this in 4 through 6. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Interestingly, there's an order to that. Delight yourself in the Lord, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. You have desires. Every single one of you have desires in your heart, but it first comes by delighting in the Lord. So finding that day to find delight, it's not just delight of, hey, how do I just um, make it about me? There is a part that is about you that you're going to find delight. There's something in you, but the delight that draws you closer to God. Go for a walk. Play a game with your family. Um, look at doing something different than is what is your normal activity. Actually, that is the next thing. Do something different than every other day of the week. For those of you who are in school, high school, college, don't make this about your study day. You do that five days of the week. On your Saturday or, or on a night, try to do something that is, doesn't get into your Sabbath. I know it's hard to do. Everybody's busy. Everybody's, but do something different. Unplug from your work. How about this one? I, I, I'm, 
I'm suggesting this in my own home. It doesn't really work super well, but I'll, I'll keep contending for it. Be off your device on the Sabbath. Disconnect, unplug. Number three, listen to your body. What is filling your tank? What is filling you up? What's bringing joy, delight, but then also listen to your body. And and a lot of us are having a hard time being in tune with ourselves. Uh, It's not just a feminine thing, guys. You can be in tune to yourself. But what is causing you stress or anxiety or pressure? Don't do those activities. Guess what? God has given you permission not to do those. God has told you he's blessing the day. He's given it to you as a gift. God is giving you a day. There's a couple of things that happen when you, when you do that. By the way, give this day and God's given us permission in realizing that, that God is our provider. If you work, 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 guess who's the provider? You are. But God has given you the permission for one day to not work. Number four, and lastly, include someone else in your day. Do something good for somebody else. Go, um, go visit a neighbor. Um, include somebody else in your activity. By the way, that's why Sunday, it's when people um, get involved serving on Sunday, it's not a job. It's, it's actually giving them life. There's actually science and research behind this. Volunteering can lead to a rush of a euphoria and releases endorphins. It's the body's natural, basically, painkiller. So you, you want to, if you're feeling pain, go serve a volunteer. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. I'll leverage all those things that I can. You know, it's, well, actually, its effect is called the helper's high. We're get, helping you get high at Grace Capital Church. <laughs> that is not the tweetable thing that you need to be putting uh, on... Our pastor tells us he's helping us get high at Grace Capital Church. No, it is called the helper's high though. And really the idea is when we, it's a design. God made us, right? So he knows what benefits us. A day of rest, the Sabbath benefits us. And when we find delight in the day that leads us closer to God, when we do something different, when we unplug from the regular, when we listen to our body, what's giving us joy what's, or what's depleting us, and we include somebody else in your day to serve somebody else, we find that we have a day that just our tank gets filled, that our soul is overwhelmed. So in 2020, this is what I would ask. I would suggest, I would encourage Find a day each week where you, where, let me say this again. Find a day each week and go where your delight is taking you. Find a day each week and go where your delight is taking you. All right, so now, for those of you who want nappy time, now's nappy time. For the rest of you um, who want some backstory of of the Sabbath, um, I'm going to give that to you uh, right now. So we have God establishes the, the Sabbath in, really in Genesis. He's modeling for us. By the way, we're creating God's image. And so he models for us this work six days, take a seventh day off, day of rest. So then he, he reinforces this in the Ten Commandments in Exodus. It's actually one of the big ten. So if you're working 
on the Sabbath, you're breaking one of the big 10. Just a FYI. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's, it's not a penalized thing. See, so this is what happened. Now, so after we have the, the 10 commandments, we have the Israelites are, are taken into captivity about, about 500 um, BC to about 70 AD. Then the scribes and Pharisees look back at all the writing that has been done in the, uh, in the early writings, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, and they're starting to look at, okay, well, God says this is really important. And so much so that actually there was, a, there was a law. If you break the Sabbath, it is actually punishable by death. So, so they're really concerned about this. Death is a big deal, right? So, so they're saying, okay, we need to start creating laws that um, prevent people from working on the Sabbath. So what they start doing is saying, okay, what was God's intention? No work on the Sabbath. So therefore, anything that was a burden, we, we, we got to make it outlawed. So the scribes and Pharisees and the uh, religious people start creating all these laws. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't make a meal on the Sabbath. You can't um, do a lot of things because anything that becomes a burden. And they, they had good intentions in it, but the intentions actually became man-made rules that actually put a burden on people as opposed to giving them life. Everything that God has instructed for us in his word was meant to give us life, not to become a burden. Remember, we said God wants something for us, not from us. He really wants this day of rest to be a delight for you, to be joy-filled, to be something that adds value to your life. So after they put all these rules and regulations, the Pharisees, Jesus comes onto the scene, and this is, he always has to kind of recorrect what the religious people have done to what God's initial instructions were. So here we go. Jesus comes onto the scene and, and the religious start uh, saying Jesus broke the Sabbath because he was picking wheat or kernels of uh, grain in a field while he was walking with his disciples. I caught you, broke the Sabbath. And Jesus like, guys, you don't understand what the Sabbath was meant to. Then Jesus heals on the Sabbath and then the Pharisees get on him again and saying, hey, hey, that's working, that's working. And he says, guys, that is never the intention of what the Sabbath was meant. And he goes on to say this in Mark chapter 2, 24 and 28. After he kind of goes on and tells a little story about actually when David went into the priest's house back in the Old Testament, they actually gave some food and, and all these types of things. And basically saying, you, you misinterpreted what the Sabbath was. But then he, this is the statement that I love. Jesus says this in Mark chapter two. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, he wanted it to be a gift for us. God gave it to us to be a gift, not to be a burden. So when you're planning 2020, when you're looking at 2020 and you're saying, yes, I'm going to be in God's word. Yes, I'm, I want to honor the Sabbath. I want to really have a day that's separated from my work, that draws me closer to God, that fills my soul, that brings delight to me. If there's anything, as the worship team wants to come back up, if there's anything I want to just continue to reinforce and to help us grow in, and it's this idea that God has great gifts for us. And that when we learn to live 
His way, as outlined in the scriptures, not man-made things, we get in trouble when we start making up rules on ourselves. We see that with the religious people of, of Jesus' day. But going back to God's word and understanding what he has for us, the things that he actually has for us are the things that give us life and freedom. And I know in 2020, I'm excited for this year, but I'm excited for each one of us to find new freedom and greater life. Greater delight, greater joy, greater peace. So remember, these atomic habits, as you're thinking about 2020, whether it is your Sabbath, whether it is being in God's word, whether whatever other goals that you have, make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. Find a day each week and go where your delight is taking you. Find a day each week. I'm giving you permission, but it's not me to give you that permission. God has given you that permission. And do you believe that he will look after you? Do you believe that he will create enough time? I'll share one last story with you. I, I struggle with the Sabbath. Now, I, this technically is part of my work day. So my I try to take another day that's a Sabbath, but it's very easy because it's during the week that it just becomes, oh, I, get a pro- I can get a project done. So that's something I've struggled with. And I, I feel like God's really challenging me again this year. It seems to be a recurring theme in my life, but challenge me again this year to say, but do you trust me that everything still will get done? That I'll provide for you if you find a day to just delight in the Lord. I just keep going back to that scripture, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And every single one of us is longing for something that was birthed out of our heart to have something come into fruition. It's not quite there yet. But I wonder if there's a direct connect from the delight to the desire. And maybe God is knew, knew what he was saying when he was saying, because when we get busy in life, right? During the week, we're working, then we're getting home, we're making meals, then we're putting the kids to bed. And, and maybe, well, maybe if you're retired, maybe every day is Saturday for you. But I've talked to retired people and they said, I don't know where I, all the time goes. It just floats away. But you become intentional about a day that becomes your day of delight. That draws you closer to God, but helps you unplug from the ways of the world. And then maybe, just maybe, the desires of your heart will come to fruition. just ponder that for a moment we work hard we're busy people our western culture loves to keep us preoccupied but can you find a day to disconnect 
Let me run over those things again real quick. Find a light. Do something different. Listen to your body. Include somebody else in your day. Find a day each week. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.